In the studio with us, Gareth Abdenor from Mallion Co. Solicitors, employment law expert. Hey, Gareth. Hello, Gareth. Hi, guys. Good to see you again. Really nice to chat. Um, so we've got so many texts coming in even before we've sort of begun. If you want to text or call, now's your opportunity. 0800 80 10 80 is our phone number. If you've never phoned before, you've got a problem with your workplace and you're not sure of the answer and you want to basically a free consultation, and I'll give the disclaimer toward the end of the set. <laughs> <laughs> 0800 80 10 80 or text your question to 929. Incidentally, just before we go with these questions, Gareth, do you get family that are always hitting you up, ringing you for legal advice? Yeah, and I always say no. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I bet you oh, have so to. This is, this is sort of an extension of that old cliche that a lawyer who acts for himself in court has a fool for a client. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. I always say I, I know a few people that I can refer you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's begin with this text question. Um, Hi, guys. Uh, is there a standard, Gareth, a standard or minimum dollar per kilometre rate companies have to pay um, for mileage allowance? Well, generally, it's whatever you agree. But in most cases, what I see is people adopt the inland revenue rate, which I think is about 77 cents, something like that. Um, that's what most people do. Yeah. Of course, you can reinvent the wheel, but um, why would you? Um, that's that's what most people do, and I think it's reasonably fair. Mm, mm. Yes, sound, yeah, that, that that actually does sound fair to me. I'd have to say. Um, one of the other things that um, we've got a text here about: um, Do companies still have? Obviously, this person's negotiating to start a job. I guess. Do companies still have a standard payment, or is there such a thing as meal allowances now if you're working shift hours? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, not something I've dealt with for for quite a few years, and I'm I'm not sure what the situation is okay. now. Um, most of the contracts that I see, if if people are going to be working away, there is some sort of allowance, you know, overnight um, allowance, which includes something for meals. But I'm not sure if there is a standard minimum. Oh eight hundred eighty ten eighty. If you've got a question regarding your employment, uh, Gareth is a re- that's his a field of expertise is employment law or IT. Uh, this text here says, "Hello guys, quick question. Knowing your time is short, says the texter, would it be appropriate in a performance review to be told you sometimes look tired?" Says the texter. <laughs> Gee, well I guess. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a fascinating one. Yeah. Is that appropriate? I don't see why not. Uh, that could be an indicator of all sorts of things. Uh, it could be that someone's working two jobs and struggling to make ends meet, and you know they they're actually not doing as well as they could in in their main job. Um, they may not be well. Uh, I think I think it's a valid question to ask. Um, I'd try and soften it and <laughs> perhaps not be quite so blunt, but I think it's a reasonable question. It's a valid question. Okay. And on the issue of employment, this hasn't come from a text or a phone call. I'm just interested in this, and Phil and I were talking about this before we came on air this afternoon. There's a case at Canterbury University at the moment where one of the lecturers has been stood down, one of the law lecturers, I think, because okay. um, he, uh, the Canterbury University stood him down. I haven't got the facts completely in front of me, but he kissed two law students on the forehead as they were leaving a function and it was like a pub quiz kind of a function and the university is investigating he's been stood down and it got me thinking that this was a I know one of the people that was kissed as it turns out and she had no issue with it at all she hadn't made the complaint the complaint had come from 
a third party altogether, neither of the two women. It was oh. just somebody else that was there who was a male, as it turns out, who had made the complaint. So there's going to be a whole lot more on this, I'm sure, because the lawyer that's been stood, rather the lecturer that's been stood down has suggested in a story that was on staff that he's going to take the university, have a crack at them and the person that made the complaint. But it got me thinking, when it's outside of the work environment, a pub quiz or something like that, you still have to be exceptionally careful now, don't you, about any of that sort of stuff. So, you know, what are the rules around that? Well, I... You do have to be incredibly careful, and it's got to the point that when you're dealing with a colleague or if you're a, a teacher or some sort of educator and you're dealing with a student, whether it's in or outside of the workplace, you need to be incredibly careful, especially where there's any sort of interpersonal contact. And increasingly I'm seeing cases where um, s- someone will try and comfort a co-worker yeah. by, by putting their hand on someone's shoulder or, or putting their arm around someone who's upset and then there will be a complaint about that. Um, and it's just so easy for things to go horribly wrong these days. Obviously, you don't want anyone to be in a situation where they feel uncomfortable or they're taken advantage of. But I do see cases where I think it has gone way too far. Yeah, And uh, a common courtesy... Um, something that is is not dodgy in any way, and I use dodgy in the strictly technical legal sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just seems to be this kind of snowball effect yeah. where sometimes all perspective is lost, and you know there's a whole lot of hand wringing. Yeah, um, and possibly in some of these cases, it's unnecessary. Mm. Have we virtually reached a stage? Do you think where, as far as let's talk about physical contact now with a workmate? that anything beyond a handshake is has potential to cause problems? But even a handshake can go wrong. Really? You know, um, if, if you shake someone's hand and uh, they could take offence because there might be gender issues involved, it really is a minefield these days. Um, and I think we need to bring a little bit of sense back into it. That, and so, I think you're right, and I think most of our listeners would say you're right, it was just whose sense? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good point. I mean, that's the tricky, tricky thing. And this is a legitimate case. You'll hear more about it, I'm sure. Um, we're with Gareth Abdenor, employment law expert, 0800 8010 80. The calls are backing up here if you want uh, to get in. If you've got a sticky issue at your work, you're not sure the what steps to take, here's your opportunity, 0800 8010 80 to talk to Gareth. Dave's on the line. G'day, Dave. Yeah, hi, Simon. How are you? Good, mate. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to phone, Dave. That's all good. That's all good. Um, yeah, hi, Garrett. My my problem is I'm a uh, a corrections officer. I was driving a corrections truck last week, and my offsider that was sitting next to me, we we got hit a, a, a traffic light. So I've got out to check the truck and everything like that. My offsider who was sitting next to me videoed everything, and now because um, I had prisoners on board, he sent that video through to my boss who is now using it against me in a disciplinary manner. Is he allowed to use... My question is, is he allowed to use that video as evidence? Well, I guess the, the general principle is that the, um, the employment jurisdictions can use anything as evidence if they consider it to be relevant. What your employer can use, well, I'm, I'm not going to comment on your particular case, but if you're in public 
and someone takes footage of you, whether it's with a cell phone or or a video camera or whatever, um, if those are still used, um, you don't have an expectation of privacy when you're in public. Um, so you, you might not be in a good position. Um, but I can't comment on your particular case. Uh, I suggest that, that you get some legal advice because it sounds like you need it. Mm. Yeah, he just he just used the video. I mean, he took the video without my knowledge, um, and now they're trying to use it against me for getting out of the truck and checking the truck after it was hit by a member of the public. I mean, if if that's what happened, that's what happened, um, and where I see. So, are they allowed to use footage without your permission? Obviously, because you're saying it's a public if place. It's in the public well, arena. If, if, yeah. if you're on the side of the street. I, I can't see a reasonable argument that you've got an expectation of privacy. You're in public. You could be on a traffic camera. You could be on a security camera. The fact that someone's taken it with their cell phone is almost beside the point. Mm. Um, where these cases often get tricky is where one person says, I never did this, and then footage uh, turns up uh, clearly showing that they did. Mm. Um, now, not suggesting that this that happened in this case at all, but that's generally where things go a bit pear shaped. Mm. Right. Okay, Dave. I'm not sure it's the answer you wanted to hear, but I hope it was helpful. Thanks, yeah, Dave. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it clears it up a bit. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, well, thanks for calling. Thanks. Mate. Take care. It's eleven to four. In a uh, a job interview, says this texter here: Is it appropriate to be asked about my current salary? So I guess it's a job interview for a new job um, about your former salary. Is that fair play? Um, well, I guess a, um, someone who's interviewing you could ask that question. I certainly would never answer it. Um, I don't think it breaks any uh, any employment laws, but I don't know why you would answer it. I, it just seems like a poor negotiation tactic. But then I, see, I'm the kind of guy, I would answer it. Would you? Yeah, I would, because to not answer it, in an interview situation when I want the job would be, to me, putting up a sort of a stumbling block. But then if somebody asked me that question, I wouldn't want to work for them. Yeah, exactly. Well, to be honest, I, I wouldn't. I, I well, guess it really depends on the context, you know? though. If someone's asking that uh, because the position that they've advertised, um, you know, usually there would be some sort of salary range when you're advertising a role. Mm. Um, and if they're asking you what you're currently on, it may be because they really want to hire you, but they're not sure they can afford you. Uh, so it really depends on the context. But right. often people say to me, well, I've been asked this in an interview. I'm uncomfortable giving the answer. Do I have to give the answer? And generally my advice is no. You don't have to give an answer that you're uncomfortable giving. And you need to think, do I actually want to work for this outfit if they're going to be forcing me to answer these questions? Mm, tough one. Know. Have you ever, just, just in passing, so have you ever actually, has anybody ever asked you that? No. No, and me, no, me neither no. when I think about it. So. No, they haven't. But that was from a text at 10 to 4. Mm. One quick question before the break. It's just short text. Uh, too, I'm too nervous to call. I don't want to be on the radio, but I'd love this explained. <laughs> Can you please explain domestic leave, says the texter. Um, I assume they're talking about domestic violence leave. That's what I thought um, too, yeah. Which, right. which is a new type of leave that's been introduced if – um, you are suffering the effects of domestic violence, you can apply for time off, uh, time off work. 
kind of in the same way that you can if if you're sick. Right. Um, it's reasonably new, and it's certainly raising a lot of questions. Um, some people will abuse this type of leave. Um, it's going to be very difficult to establish uh, in which cases it's genuine and in which cases it isn't. Obviously, if one of your staff is suffering from domestic violence, you want to you want to support them. Mm. Um, but how do you find out that it's actually legit without upsetting the person further and victimising them further? Mm. Uh, so there are a lot of question marks, and because it's new, there's there's not all that much practical guidance out there. Right. Uh, so I recommend to my clients that if you do have someone who is asking for domestic violence leave or you think it might be an issue, uh, then definitely um, seek some advice because it is a tricky area Good. and you don't want to get it wrong. Well, we we find it fascinating talking with you, uh, Gareth. It makes our lives seem pretty straightforward. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Mate, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure to be thanks, here. Gareth Abdenor uh, with Law Corner. Just a quick note, the content of this segment is general in nature and it's not legal advice. Any information discussed is not intended to be a substitute for obtaining specific professional advice and should not be relied upon as such.